This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupans. And their new Cellar Z Regional Dinner Series, a monthly four-course dinner with wine pairings that explores culinary traditions from around the world. The first dinner is happening August 11th, which focuses on Lyon, France. Mm. Space is limited. You go to zoopens.com for tickets and info. And also, Chris, uh, we're entering the late summer produce season, which brings in local favorites like stone fruits, Hermiston melons, sweet corn, which I just love, and heirloom tomatoes. And I love those. Mm -hmm. Also in their produce department, freshly harvested variety of microgreens from Portland's innovative vertical farm. Mm. City Greens. I didn't know about that. Now i got to go check that out. Yeah, actually, Chris, you can just stop in and taste full-flavored and nutrient-packed micro-versions of arugula, pea shoots, purple kohlrabi, daikon radish, and more. It's all at Zupan's three locations. And I recommend maybe if you can go out of your way, if it is slightly out of your way, go to that Lake Grove location because they still have the Ruby Jewels cart out there in the, uh, the uh, breezeway with those ice cream sandwiches. All summer long. And they have those dinners in the breezeway, too. It's really nice out there at Lake Grove. But they mm-hmm. also have Macadam and West Burnside, both really. I love shopping there. Zoopans.com. Hi, this is Chef Jose Chess of Italian 180. I've had the pleasure of traveling to where I grew up and learned about cooking with Right at the Fork host Chris Angelo and two dozen other people twice in the last two years. We have another trip coming up to Barcelona on September 20th right after Feast Portland. We'll eat at some of the best restaurants in around Barcelona. We'll visit the beautiful setting of Canjuvine, where I learned so much under my mentorship of my friend Nando Juvine. We'll have pie on the beach, get a lesson from famed Oscar Manresa in the Boqueria, and eat Michelin star food and casually too. Barcelona is the best food city in the world. Best of all, all of us are Portlanders and have a common bond of our great city as we travel. Well, this is Chris, and I invite you to personally join Jose and me and a half dozen other fun Portlanders for our third Barcelona adventure starting September 20th for seven nights. That trip is back-to-back with our journey through Tuscany. Call me personally for a special offer on either trip. They're coming up soon. Dial 503-395-5900 or email me at chris at portlandfoodadventures.com but I suggest giving me a buzz. The best of Barcelona with Chef Jose Chesa and Portland Food Adventures. Thanks. It is time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. And you yeah. are Court Johnson. Yes. Always great to have you here with us. You know, the great thing about recording this is I get to see you. We, It's nice to see you every week or two. Outside of, well, I don't know, see, outside of my family, outside of the yahoos I work with on a regular basis, I see Chris the most. Wow. Well, we got to get together in the evening now. You can't. I can't anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the radio in the you evenings. You can you can find court if you're, if you're having a if you're having a court Jones, right? Not a court Johnson, a court Jones. You can you're, find him at KXL in the evening and and Kink in the evening and the Kink in both. Just switch you're switch all back over and forth. Place. You'll find me. I would I'd probably be more prone to listening to Kink in. I used to listen to Kink in the evening all yeah. the time. Yeah, but not kink at really night. commercial radio. No person. So uh, we yeah, we've got a returnee. 
to the uh, podcast today. Ben Bettinger. Yeah. Benny, mm-hmm. depending on who he is. One of the, I, I think he's universally liked as my guest. Absolutely. A, from, I mean, I can only speak from my perspective, but everybody's always said Benny's a nice guy and uh, universally respected. And as we talk about, this guy has been uh, victorious on television three times. I don't know if anybody else in uh, in Portland can claim that. He's also been it's, uh, named his restaurant beat when he was working at Beaker and Flask, Restaurant of the Year by Willamette Week. I hope I have that right. I don't keep track of all of that, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Sounds, it sounds legit. Right. And yeah. uh, certainly, you know, worked with Vitaly Paley for years mm-hmm. at both Paley's Place and Imperial. Uh, and of course, now you can find him at Laurelhurst Market and most recently, Big's Chicken, which uh, had a three month run before it was unfortunately ended for a, at least now with a fire um, a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's, it's it, he's definitely at the crossroads right now to the point where he couldn't say for sure what exactly they were going to be doing moving forward other than Big's Chicken will rise again. Yeah, no matter what we do, Court, we can't seem to get the news. We can't get the breaking. No. We can't, we can't post breaking right. on anything we do. So we'll get there someday. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it was nice to be able to talk to Ben and uh, get his feelings on that and his uh, talk a little bit about his life since he's been a father. Yeah. Nine months in now. And, um, and I just wanted to mention, because we already, we already did the podcast. We're just doing the intro now. Mm-hmm. He mentioned um, my Instagram that his wife Autumn seems to like, and oh, I yeah. heard that from others. I didn't say what it is in mm-hmm. case anybody's looking for it. It's at Portland Food ADV. In addition to Food Podcast PDX, which is this podcast Instagram yeah. account, of course we have Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff mm-hmm. too. And uh, and also something we never we don't do enough. Please go and rate us. Oh, yeah. Wherever you listen to us yep. and, and give us a review. I was actually it reading does through. Help. Yeah, and I was actually reading through some of the very kind reviews on iTunes, on the, on the iTunes. It's reviews. all good yeah. stuff. Yeah. There aren't a lot of them. No. But they're, they're all good. And if you want to say anything, you know, if you want to give us a little slam, you're welcome to, too. We realize we have almost four full years worth of podcasts. Yep. They can't, you know, there have to be a few things that people hear that, uh, that they, that, didn't agree with them. Sure. Well, and that, and that leads me actually, Chris, into my recommendation, which is to enjoy today's podcast, but then go back and listen to episode 50, which is when Ben made his first appearance. Right. With Patrick McKee. With Patrick McKee. And so you kind of, I think, you, but you need to listen to this and then go back and listen to that to see how things have changed for him because you'll be able to piece all of that together. Always a good idea. Yeah. And anywhere in our archives we think is good, but it it's nice to put it in perspective. And I think we mentioned a couple of other episodes along the way. In the uh, in the podcast itself, mm-hmm. so uh, I think we should just get right into it. What do you think? I'm well, down. So how are you? Good. Good. Really good. You got to be really good. You just had some South Beach. Uh, we did. We crushed. Finish. We crushed some food. So let me ask you this, because I've been saying this for a long time, yeah. and I would totally respect your opinion. Sure. On this. I've been telling everybody those are the best fish and chips on the planet that I know of. And I'm from the East Coast, so we've got some pretty good ones. So my wife loves the salmon fish and chips, Mm -hmm. which is what she did. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went for the clam strips, Mm -hmm. which were ridiculous. (laughs) They're really good. And then, of course, we had a a Dungeness crab. Oh, so here's what I do. But my wife said best salmon fish and chips she's ever had. You just lost me. Yep. What I do 
Mm-hmm. I should have gotten you the before this, but you did fine. It sounds you did the fisherman's platter. I saw. I do the which the, I do the captain's platter, captain's and I, yeah. then I throw just through homage to your wife. I throw down two pieces of salmon. Yeah, the salmon was good. I had a bite. It was really yeah, good. Was I love the clam strips, though. I really did. So, but what I want to know is, are you in? A, have you had better fish and chips, at least in Oregon? Uh, I don't think so. And my wife definitely plugged it being the best salmon fish and chip she's ever had in her life. There so, you go. Uh, we're, we're definitely agreeing. We had a. I'd go back there again before the other place. I don't need to say the name. What, Local Ocean? Yeah. Oh, I like Local Ocean. Oh, it was really bad. Oh. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'd been there before and I knew what it was. Just Okay. It wasn't wasn't great. Okay. Well, sorry about that. Uh, no need to be sorry. So, have you, so uh, you were pretty busy up to when Biggs opened. Still and busy. You're always busy. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, but you had that going on. Yep. And then- the fire hit. Yep. And what was what was the talk? Talk a little bit about that day and how you felt. Uh, that day it kind of luckily happened happened in phases. I first got a phone call um, from one of the other owners that said there was a fire in the building, and so I thought, yeah, you know, it's been put out. There's fire trucks there already. Uh, and then I got a text message from a buddy who was watching on the news. Made it sound a little bit more serious. And driving there, this is about 6.55 a.m., driving there, I realized uh, I was getting another message and another message, and then it was all over the news. And then it was 57th and Fremont when I saw the smoke. So I was about a mile and a half away still, mm-hmm. and I could just see straight down 57th and just see the smoke billowing. So knew it was a little bit more serious. Did your heart sink when you saw that? Of How course. does that feel? I've never, I've never come back to a place that's... That's near and dear to me. Neither did I. And it was just, it was surreal, you know? In the moment, it doesn't feel real. And uh, when I showed up, uh, you know, the building was still heavily on fire. And it was coming from the roof. So, you know, uh, I, I heard right away that everybody was out of the building, so we knew everybody was safe, which was good. And then my next concern was, you know, how is the restaurant? And at that point, there had been no fire damage to the restaurant itself. Oh, at that point. Yeah. So but there, was, there were residents upstairs. And just yeah. to be clear, because mm-hmm. I think I just mentioned Biggs. Yeah. This is Biggs Chicken. Biggs Chicken. Which you had been working on for quite a while. Yep. And open to some nice reviews, and people we, it was really... We, People were very excited about it. We did, yeah. It was, it was uh, you know, it was, we we're three months in, and it was going great, and we we're having a lot of fun with it, and it was received really well, and it was just such a such a bummer to us. Yeah. So, what's the plan now? Uh, we're kind of in uh, in between, just the waiting game right now. Um, Going to figure out whether we rebuild there. Uh, you know, the the building is a it's a total teardown, so they're tearing it down. Uh, the owners of it, and we'll rebuild. And we go from there. We may sign on with them and do that same spot, or we may try to find another spot. It's just a lot up in the air right now. Good. So I was just alluding to your being busy. Uh, yep. You're a dad now. Sure. So, That's true. And I was trying to remember on the way over here, the last time we did one of these, if I had just gotten married or I was about to get married, I think I'd gotten married. Well, Patrick was with you. So you could, can you place, because he was here. Sure. So can you place it? Then, but you didn't have a kid then, for no sure. Kid, no kid, for sure. So, you've yeah. always been one of the hardest working guys in show business, and now I like to believe that I, st- I still am. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying you always have been. And yeah. so, how does that how does that manifest, or what happens when you have a kid? Now, you've got it's a juggling it, act for sure, you know. And uh, I've been preparing for this for a long time, trying to find the balance uh, between family and work. And honestly, the hardest thing is for me to walk away, you know. I, my I, luckily, I have great uh, partners at Laurelhurst that. That give me the uh, freedom to to walk away a bit, and uh, 
it's tough on me because I've, I've always been there. You know, I've always, at every job that I have, I've always been there all the time and never walk away. I thought you were going to talk about walking away from your son and oh, your wife. No, it's, but no, but you're, the tough part is walking away from work. It is. The guilt's there. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Walking away from the kid is 10 times worse, but <laughs> you got to do it. Somebody's got to work. So um, it's just, a, it's a balance, you know, and it's really tough to figure that out. And in the beginning it was, you know, just gut wrenching having to leave the kid and then I'd be at work and have to leave there and gut wrenching to leave there. Just, I always felt like I should be somewhere I, where I couldn't be. Um, but now it's the routines have happened, you know, he's nine months now. So it's, we've had almost a year here to work on it and it's, uh, it's a good balance now. So are you, it, do you have any problem focusing? Because you're a now. focused guy. No, we still just keep, I just keep on doing what I'm doing and, uh, you know, I give all my attention to both, to both the kid and the, and the job. So and, uh, I was cruising through my, I don't know if it was Netflix or Hulu, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, your um, Chopped episode oh, came yeah. up. How yeah. long ago was that? Uh, Two, three years ago? F- filmed in 2014 and then aired in 2015. Okay. So that... Uh, you are one of the most successful TV stars we have in Portland. <laughs> you won that, yeah, and and uh, you knife fight, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know about knife fight. Yeah, I did knife fight. Did you win that? Too? Actually, yeah, battled Patrick uh, McKee on that one. Oh, you battled Patrick, and then you yeah. battled Jason on Chopped, uh-huh. which was pretty awesome. Yeah, that must. Well, so, J- how much did you want to win that? Because uh, you know they they built up the drama. On, I want to win everything show. I do. <laughs> yeah, but was in, internally how important was it for you a to beat Jason uh-huh. and then be the last guy standing? Yeah. Well, uh, Chopped was a show that I wasn't necessarily psyched about going to do, but I signed on, so I was going to do it. And then, of course, like I said, anything I do, I want to win. Um, and I I realized it a few days before going that they were pairing Jason and I against each other. I saw a post that he had put on Facebook or something saying he was going to be in New York. And I sent him a little message. It was like, Hey, are you meeting at a, well, I see you Monday morning at Starbucks at 5 AM. And he's like, Oh shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, at that point I knew it was going to be a fun competition, but unfortunately Jason beat himself pretty early. And he'll admit that, I guess. Well, of course he will. And it, I mean, it, it's, it's TV. It's having the camera in your face. It's having the time, you know, it's being in a new kitchen. It's all challenging. I was luckily coming off. I had done night fight, knife fight like three weeks prior. I was kind of more, a little bit more used to that pressure. And I, I tried to tell Jason going into it, like it, it gets intense. Um, but I was bummed. I wanted to, I wanted to battle him a bit more. Um, well, you, you, you almost got the best case scenario. I mean, yeah. at least you won. Uh, of course. Yeah. That's all. So, that's all um, the pressure there, you mm-hmm. just talked about the pressure. The pressure there versus Iron Chef, to me, that was that's the most intense. From a viewer standpoint, that's the most intense show you can do, or uh, was. Iron Chef was intense. I mean, luckily, I was, you know, there was three of us. It was, you know, it was Vitaly who was doing it, but Patrick and I were both there to, uh, you know, be the sous chef. So. That's Patrick McKee, just so we can... Yep. People know. Um, I've been getting notes to people that we just drop names, uh, and, and we, people we don't need know. To, we need, yes, not everybody. We can't assume everybody knows. Um, the pressure on all three of them was intense. Anytime there's a camera in your face and there's a competition, I'm going to put myself or hold myself to the same amount of pressure. Knife fight on Esquire Channel. That was the other one that I referred to. To me, that was the most fun. Uh, they give you really cool ingredients and they set you up for success. Chop, I feel like you're set up to kind of fail. They give you kind of weird things. Uh, with Knife Fight, they gave us whole rabbits, pig ears, and sunchokes, and you had an hour to cook three dishes. So it's like, oh man, if I was sitting fun. there as your coach when that happened, yeah. I would have said, oh, you're golden on yeah. that. And it was great. You know, it was another, another setup battle where they set me up to battle somebody I know. And 
It was fun. Well, some of you knew pretty well. Yep. And did they? You, that wasn't coincidence. They knew no, you and yeah, Patrick but, were pretty close. Yeah, that was a that was a thing. So, um, what's what's going on at Laurelhurst? The last time we were here was it two or three years ago? Did we determine Patrick was with you there? Patrick he, McKee, who had was. worked with you with Vitali for years, mm-hmm. and uh, you had him there, and now. You are, he's not there any longer. Kevin yep. Ludwig is gone, yep. which is your former, your former buddy at uh, Beaker and Flask. A long Certainly, time yeah, ago. I, miss, I miss Kevin. Kevin's a great guy. You know, we work together. I think we said four spots now. Um, so I, I love having Kevin around. It was, it was nice to have him there and definitely miss him. But we do have uh, an, also an, another Portland uh, expert bartender, Eric Nelson, mm-hmm. uh, who's there now, took over Kevin's spot. And that's just, he was the bar manager there in the past, and he came back, and it's just a really amazing fit. He's, he's, a, he's a professional, so he's there kicking butt. Well, there wouldn't be anybody there that wasn't professional, but that leads to um, something that we've been talking about quite a bit on this show, which is finding help yeah, oh in God. this day and age. Yeah. So in order for you to be able to relax and get out of there, mm-hmm. you have to be able to count on people. It's uh, true. It's been uh, a, a problem that's been increasingly... Uh, more challenging over the years. For me, I noticed the flip in early 2013. Hiring at Imperial in late 2012, we had 50, 60 candidates coming through, and it was easy. It was just, you know, we got to pick the best of the best that we wanted. Something happened that next year where all of a sudden it was just a different world. What do you think that was? I I don't know. I think it just, I think think it finally caught, I think the amount of new restaurants opening up finally caught up to Portland is what it was. And do you think maybe it was a generational thing too? The generational thing is also, so there's less, there's less of a pool to pull from, but there's also this generational switch now that uh, is quite, <laughs> quite different for, for somebody like myself who's been in uh, Portland 18 years and has worked from the bottom, you know, as an intern at a, at a good restaurant uh, up to doing my own thing. So it's, 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 been a, <laughs> it's interesting to watch. So the anecdotes I've heard from people who've been in the business for a while mm-hmm. are that it's just the work ethic now is not there. They expect to come in, you know, you just mentioned going from the bottom up mm-hmm. and working your way through. They want to do that. You did it in, what, 18 years to be where you mm-hmm. are now. They want to do it in two. Yep. Or maybe not even just be there. Well, don't get me wrong, Chris. I wanted to do it in two as well. When I came out of culinary school, I had great dreams. But uh, I was also a hard worker, and I did have a good work ethic going into it. I think part of the problem is, you know, we were talking about these cooking shows before and, and the field has got this little bit of like celebrity glamour to it now. And I'm not sure if it's just food is cool again or if it's the food network or what, but it definitely creates more of this persona of a chef and people get really excited about that rock star celebrity business. And it's, it's not, you know, it's, if you want to talk about like it's 15 hour days, you know, when you just had a kid, that's not rock star in my mind, but people have this idea of what it is. And I think that creates this huge influx of people going to culinary school and thinking they're going to get, they're going to graduate and be chefs. Now I thought that too, you know, they, they prep you for that at the culinary schools. They tell you, you're going to go out of there and be a chef and do your thing and blah, blah. It's like, no, you're going to leave culinary school and wash dishes somewhere. Um, but and as as the market grows with restaurants, you, you, it's going to be harder to to get from that point to this point because you got a lot of people who are in the middle now who are moving up. So, so, so I think one thing with this whole switch of the the pool getting smaller for for talented staff and the attitude of them being a little bit more lackluster uh, as owners and as chefs, 
Whereas we wouldn't have put up with this bullshit before and you just can somebody, you know, if they don't want to work hard or they don't show up or they're late, you just one strike, you're out, you're gone. Now it's like you're giving a third, a fourth, a fifth strike because you just don't want to lose bodies. Um, and it, it's for, for us, it's creating a bit more of a, a new style of work or for myself, at least I can't speak for everybody, but now I have to work with people a lot, a lot harder, you know, younger cooks that have these ideas. I really try to instill in them the, the work ethic that I came up with. And I tell them stories about what it was like when I worked and it sounds so cheesy, but I try to instill, you know, a better work ethic. And, and I think it's working with a lot of my staff. We've had low turnover and, um, it does, it makes for me being able to take the time to be with my child and, um, I've got my crew right now is the best crew that I've ever had at Laurelhurst. Yeah, that's um, great. But when you do lose somebody, it's a nightmare. So we had Lisa Schroeder here, mm-hmm. and you know she does how many a thousand plus covers. I saw that. Actually, morning. I just saw that yesterday that she yeah. did a thousand covers. It's yesterday. unbelievable. Yeah. So I specifically asked her. I said, "You got let's let's address this. There's a little bit of a, a vibe out there that you're tough and that you're mean." And she said, "I'm not. My restaurant is not for the faint of heart." And um, she talked about how busy it is, and you don't have time to to teach everybody and go through. And you got customers out there. You don't have really the room to get messy and have problems and mistakes. Um, so that's got to be that's got to be tough. Yeah, it just keeps things exciting. You know, it never. There's never a dull moment in this industry, and it, there's never going. I mean, that's why we're all in it. You know, we love it. But again, as an owner and as a chef, it's it's definitely certainly challenging. Um, and where do you see it all going with minimum wage? Do you think that might help that you can get better help? We've are, I mean, we're already, we decided a while ago that we just want to take care of our employees. So, you know, we offer benefits. We offer a great um, uh, hourly wage. And, you know, I don't think there's anybody in our, in our building that makes less than 15 at this point. Uh, but we don't, I mean, it's just, we want to keep people and we want to, we want to provide um, a, a, a position for people that can like have an apartment and have, you know, it's it's tough. It's uh, you know, I, I can't imagine renting in Portland right now. And, uh, well, actually, the renting the rent market is supposed to be is it dropping back, back down because now? there's so much inventory for both uh, for for sale and for mm-hmm. rent that it's going to drop back down. But but it keeps jump as you provide more benefits and you start paying people more, then that carrot goes a little further for it, it, the ability for people to be able to own and and have a life without a second job. Right? So, I, only, I always had second jobs, you know, back in the day. Uh, but, I mean, that's what a lot of them still have to do. A lot of cooks still. But I think it's great. Have a second job. Keep yourself busy. If you have three days off as a cook, you just get yourself into too much trouble. You drink too much. You spend too much money. I mean, that's just that's how it was. So I think for a lot of my cooks, it's a way to stay, uh, <laughs> stay sane, too. So um, is has, has that changed over the last 10 years? Is there still... Rampant drinking in the industry is it? How is that? Uh, there certainly is. Um, I can say, thankfully, that I've kind of finally taken myself out of that rampant drinking. And you know, with the kid, I don't really do that at all much anymore. You know, I have a couple couple beers to relax every now and again. But uh, yeah, there still is. It's just the environment. You know, it's a stressful day to day environment. You show up, you work really hard, you go through a six, seven, eight hour service, you get your butt kicked. It's hot. Uh, you know, there's always always wrenches in the evening. It's always tough, you know? So what do you do? You cool down by having a few drinks and, um, I think that'll continue. So what keeps you going? Is it the adrenaline? What? Cause it's, that is a pace. I keep hearing it here. Mm-hmm. I could never keep up with that pace. Well, I mean, I am getting older, Chris, so I don't, I don't, 
you know, I... Uh, you don't look it. <clears throat> 38. So, Good. still young, but for this profession, you know, when I, when I do 14, 15-hour days still, it's definitely starting to take a bit more of a toll on me. So, at the end of the 14-hour day where five years ago I would go and drink for three hours and then go home, now I, you know, crawl home and climb into bed and cry a little because <laughs> <laughs> i then, don't feel young and then you get up and do it the next day and hey, then man if you're not feeling young just wait uh, well not only do i get up and do it again the next day now it's wake up and walk the baby or talk to the wife about the baby or watch her feed the baby you know there's always something so it's luckily i trained for years and years of uh, being in the industry and and drinking too much and not uh sleeping uh, much as well so i've always been i've been training for having a baby now i just do it much more sober right so <laughs> so you've just replaced child care exactly you just replaced drinking with child it's care. true there, and it feels you great you do the seminar <laughs> it feels great how to do it that's fantastic so do you uh plan on having more kids uh it's it's uh, man it's it's up in the air uh i definitely always wanted to have two kids but uh wife is on the fence still and it's, it's hard to think of you know our boy's nine months old so it's hard to imagine having another one and not giving all your attention to him because i feel like we still haven't we still have so much to give him right now it's but the idea of having a sibling is pretty great so we'll see i think so yeah i have two i could argue the whole i could argue the gamut none one two exactly i wouldn't go more than two but that's just me that's just i definitely don't want to go more than two my wife was an only child though and she loved it and so she's pretty pretty firm on that but we'll see and how, you have, you I have, have... I have one sibling. I have a sister, older sister. And she out here? She's in uh, up in Anacortes, Washington. Oh, nice. So you all moved out west. Yeah. Do you get back... I think we talked about this last time. Do we? Did you, do you get back to uh, Vermont much? Uh, yeah, I try to get back east, you know, once a year anyway. I'm not going to make it to Vermont this year, but I head to Maine, actually, uh, next week. So going to Maine for a week. What are you going to do there? Uh, we go to this small little island. Uh, my parents... Friends from college, their family owned this little island. And so my parents have been going there for 45 years uh, every summer. And I went there for the first 16 years of my life. And we still go and stay in the little cabins and cook food and chill. So you're going to have, I would imagine you'd have a lobster too. We will have so much lobster. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, um, what I found incredible was when I saw you did your trip to Barcelona oh, that a was, couple of years ago. That was incredible. Right. But- Everybody else is going to restaurants yeah. and featuring all the restaurants. You're going to the Bocaria and picking up everything and making it yourself. That is... It wasn't even the plan. It was just, you know, when you're there and, and the seafood availability is so much greater than... I mean, we live so close to the ocean, but there's nothing available here. You Why know? is that? It all gets sent away. It all gets shipped to Japan or it all gets... It's, you know, it's like, why do you go to the coast and you have, there's no good food? You know, that's for it usually... Uh, yeah, no, I, that's you know you live out there. That's also yeah, but that's also <laughs> why I've lost a little weight. There's yeah. we don't I don't have the um, I don't have the plethora of options. It's true there that I. But do Barcelona, here. that's the thing. There's just everything you can imagine, and all these cool ingredients that we don't get to have here, uh, and they're cheap, you know. So uh, and the wine is cheap. The wine is cheap. And my wife and I actually we got really lucky. We rented a really really cool apartment a block away from the Bocaria, and. That was it, you know. I'd wake up and we'd go get stuff for breakfast, and I'd cook, and then we'd go to the beach and drink all day, you know, just sit in the beach and drink rosé and have whatever like snacks down there, and then come home and cook like an early dinner, and then we'd go out, and uh, it was awesome, and it just was so much easier, and not that we were on like a tight budget, but it just made so much more sense, and I love cooking, and my and it just gave us you know gave us time to hang out in this cool apartment and do that, and um, I think it's fantastic. When I saw it. 
it, I, I was struck by it because I would never think, I've stayed in Airbnbs before with full kitchens. I would never think of actually cooking in them yeah, because it, there's so many other options, but you've got a skill or two. And, and I think to utilize that pokeria to your advantage is- I know. One, one day it was raining a little bit and I made, I made a uh, pig head porchetta. Just like, just went over there, found a found a pig head, and uh, bought some pork, and had him grind it for me, and stuffed it with chanterelles and dried fruit, and uh, you know, rolled it, tied it, and uh, I went, had to run back over to ask him for butcher's twine, tied it up, and slow cooked it, and, and I mean, we just had it for lunch, you know, it was just really cool. And you had to have some leftover. You can't just make a porchetta for two, right? What's what do you? It was a smaller pig head. Oh, yeah. smaller it was small because that's the thing they sell suckling pigs everywhere too. Like you don't see here, so. So what would happen in Portland if they had a bocaria here? God, that'd be cool. Um, I just don't think we can support it. You know, as far as seafood goes, there's such you know, like even this week I couldn't tuna's in full season, but we couldn't get tuna because the boats couldn't go out because it's so windy and there's always something. You know, it's uh, seafood's a really tough market in Portland. You would think, when I moved out here, I thought I was going to be, that was what it was going to be. Yep. And it turns out, no, this is a pork, this is a pork place. It is now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's well, meat-centric it, for sure. It was then, but, um, and especially pork. But I think that's, is that changing a little bit? Because pork, you could make some incredible dishes and they weren't that expensive. Now I think the market is changing here a little bit. Well, would the market. Would you I mean, agree? You, you, Laurelhurst is probably a very good barometer. Well, for, for us, that. it's actually it's, it's bizarre because we're we're a steakhouse, so people come to Laurelhurst for beef. Um, you know, we do sell. We have different a couple different pork dishes. We have you know a pork tenderloin and a pork shoulder and a pork chop. But for the most part, we're all beef. Um, so we don't move a ton of pork, even though it is cheaper. And and I love eating pork, but people come to Laurelhurst and they want a ribeye. They come. They want a dry edge New York. You know, um, so pork and fish, we just don't, we just don't sell a ton of, which is crazy. Cause I love, I love cooking these things. Yeah, so we always have really cool people are always surprised. Like, Oh my God, this pork chops. Like, well, yeah, we, you know, we, we brine it, we smoke it, we grill it and we serve it with really cool shit. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> uh, but people come for beef. And, um, steaks. Yeah. You know, Laurelhurst is always up there. Are there any other steakhouses that you have enjoyed or you would, uh, that you think are up to your standard? I mean, I think it's just a different, I think it's just a different experience at Laurelhurst. I think the standard is, you know, we, I think a lot of these steakhouses buy gray meat and they grill them just perfectly, you know. Um, I went to one, a steakhouse that's downtown here uh, this winter and I had an amazing meal, but it was probably four times as expensive as Laurelhurst. Mm-hmm. You know, the steak that I have on the menu for $42 was 72 for the same steak. And they're both sourced locally, they're, or they're both they're both sourced out of California. Out of California, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and that's uh, and that's just what you're paying for downtown. You know, downtown the uh, real estate's a lot more expensive. They're paying way more per square foot. They're paying for uh, all the part, everything. You know, it all adds up. So, probably all the advertising, yeah, the, sure, the square footage. Um, was that the case? Beaker and Flask, yeah. That was that was a fantastic place. You feels guys like, came out of left field. Feels right? like a lifetime ago. Right. It was a long time ago, <laughs> but it it has a place in history in this city because it kind of came out of left field. It was a bar. That was where, that was that, Kevin's idea for sure. Right. You know. Then um, Kevin and I had worked together at Paley's place, and then uh, on my last night, uh, we had a little party. They threw me a party at Tear, Teardrop Lounge. And he asked me, he's like, so what's next? And I was like, you know, I don't have any idea, man. I just, you know, eight years here, I'm ready to move on. I think I've learned what I can here. Um, 
then he's like, I'm doing this project. I'm opening a bar. And I was like, yeah, you know, bar's not really for me. He's like, well, let's talk. So sure enough, we talked and Beaker became Beaker. How long did that take from that point? What did oh, you do God. while you were off? Uh, I took a position at Clyde Common. I was the sous chef there with uh, Jason Barakowski for, I don't know, six months or nine months or something ended up being. I think he called me and was like, hey, my sous chef's leaving tomorrow. I need somebody that can walk in. Oh, sure. Let's do it. Um, I think two months that I told him I was going to get him to the holidays and ended up being nine. So hung, hung out there and then opened Beaker the next year. And how long were you? How long did Beaker last? I was at Beaker from 09 to – I was there for three years. Three years. Yeah. And then it was, after you left, it uh, didn't last long after that. Yeah, I don't know how long it lasted. It wasn't terribly long, maybe another nine months or something, uh, which was just unfortunate and sad. But. So you opened Imperial, mm-hmm. which is a classic Portland sure. spot. I actually went to – uh, the crown last yesterday. Oh, did you? Oh, I saw a picture. Yeah, I keep seeing your your, your pizza pictures. I'm using I'm using all the pressure I can <laughs> to keep that white clam pizza going Good. over there. It's great, and and Vitaly's been <laughs> it's been fun talking to him about it. Um, you worked with him for years, so you left, you came back. How difficult was it for you to leave Imperial? Or it may not have been difficult. You may have said what you said when you're Paley's. I've been here a long time. I got to yeah. do something else. Imperial was a bit more short-lived for me. You know, I spent eight years at Imperial. I only spent two, uh, or I'm sorry, eight years at Paley's Place. I only spent two with Imperial. Um, it, I just knew it wasn't my gig. You know, I just, I, from the day we opened, I kind of knew I was in the wrong spot. Right. I loved working with uh, the hotel scenes, not for me. There's too many moving parts. There's too much, uh, there's too much drama with too many people involved. I, I want to run a place where I can make a decision and do it and uh, not have 15 other people working on that same project. So, um, it just wasn't for me. It's awesome that it's doing so well and I'm so happy that it is. And, you know, I know that we worked really hard to set up a lot of the systems and, um, and get that place up and going, but uh, it was nothing like Paley's place. It was right? not for me. No. Right, so how many people were in the kitchen? Oh God, too many. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you also had the hotel to deal with, with it, with a lot of decisions. Cause I know that how the, the moment I started just dealing with anything at headwaters it yeah. was it was kind of like it was corporate decision yeah. decision making going on yep there was so like i said i, I kind of knew i knew sooner than later that it was the not not the right spot for me but i was happy to i'm happy that i did it you know it was really good good couple of years and uh it was easy to move on though yeah really. right at the fork is brought to you by standard tv and appliance Standard TV and Appliance offers the largest selection, fast delivery, professional installation, and live kitchens where you can try before you buy. Oregon-based and family-owned, setting the standard since 1947. Standard TV and Appliance is your place for quality Gen Air appliances and more. Portland Food Adventures. Imagine eating your way through Barcelona with Italo's Jose Chesa. Join right at the Fork host Chris Angelis in Europe this fall. Get more information under the blog tab at portlandfoodadventures.com where you can contact Chris directly. And by Zupans. Unsurpassed quality. From the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years, Zupans Markets. You're working with some good people. And gave you opportunity with uh, the opportunity of Biggs. I'm sure there are going to be some others coming up. Yeah, working with great people right now. You know, I've got three amazing partners that support everything I do. And uh, 
they're fun to work with, you know. Um, like I said, they support me fully. They they support me being a father. They support me uh, in the decisions I make at Laurelhurst. And then, yeah, they gave me, you know, they were great partners to have going into bigs too. So that was, uh, you know, my first uh, time opening up a spot as an owner. And they were they were great. They walked me through everything. Was bigs all was how much of bigs was your doing the the recipes the, uh the recipes the concept and the recipes and concept was was you know kind of my baby um but like i said i couldn't have done a single bit of it without them right yeah. so um that's gotta to go back there mm-hmm. how how tough is that for you or is that just your folk you got too many other things to focus on right now so no like i said it's you know it's very surreal and um realizing that you know the space is gone that, that definitely hurt you know but i try to keep myself busy and not really focus on it to be honest it's, yeah. it it bums me out beyond beyond words really um because it was my baby and you know it was doing so well but now it's been market tested and, and we know that we'll do more that's right you know? and uh there's been a spate of fires in portland over the years oh, and, uh aviary mm-hmm. i think rose from you know they had aviary pizza jerk you know, right, those Pizza are both jerk. great examples. And then my of, friend Jeff at Homegrown Smoker, the weekend he's opening up his brick and mortar, his food cart oh, goes, goes yeah. burns. I just saw fish sauce had a fire too. It's just kind of continuing. It's really sad. Um, is that just part of the? Is that just because you've got fire hazards in a kitchen or? Well, the fire is that the happening. Fire, the fire at Biggs didn't happen in the restaurant. And so that happened actually in the apartment building that was attached to the restaurant. What, ha- so, what, what was the cause? You know, they, they couldn't, they couldn't uh, pinpoint exactly what started it, but it was an electrical fire, you know, but it wasn't, uh, thank God, you know, it wasn't in our, in our kitchen or um, anything that we contributed to. So, um, How many people were living in that building? I believe I, there was eight apartments upstairs. Oh. Yeah. And it happened early in the morning, so they're all okay. Thank God. Yeah. Thank, thank God. I mean, that was the, the most important part was that everybody got out safe. Um, and, uh, it's, I'm sure what they're dealing with is more painful than what, what I am. You know, I lost a restaurant, but they lost all their belongings for the most part and, uh, their home. And so. I think you'll, well, they'll get their life back. And you know, get, as a matter of fact, I, I just th- saw uh, one of the tenants as I was pulling up outside. Uh, I saw him and his girlfriend and he just said, I, yeah, I just got a new place. Everything's good. So that made me feel good about that. But. I firmly believe that you're going to come back stronger. I agree, and and you'll it'll you, someday it'll be so far in your past that you'll think that was the best thing that happened. You know, that's what I'm hoping for, Chris. It's uh, it it I know we will recover, and I think now we have uh, we've got three months under our belt of that place. We know what worked, we know what didn't work, we know how to rebuild a better kitchen. Um, you know, it's like we get a re a redo, but man, does it not hurt? You know, displacing all the people out of work as well, and. Luckily, we've been able to find work for most of them throughout our companies and, and put them back in other other positions and just trying to take care of everybody and make sure that they've got work. So, um, so are you comfortable with divulging what did work, what you really feel worked, and maybe what, what you thought might and didn't? Uh, I mean, I think the concept in general worked. I think everybody... Um, really, really liked what we were doing. The wings were popular. The I mean, all the food was popular. It was the neighborhood loved it, and that's to me that was the exciting part. Was this North Tabor uh, neighborhood really, really got behind us and stood behind us and and supported us? You know, we were told that we wouldn't be able to do a lunch business there. That every business fails during lunch, and we had huge lunches there. 
and uh, we had delivery services that worked really well, and we had dinners that were awesome. So it was kind of firing on all cylinders, and uh, we were just excited to to grow it more. Um, but so, so would the objective be to open up in that neighborhood if it's not that building? Um, I always, I was for me, whenever the neighborhood becomes so important to a restaurant. It's always hard for me to believe because I got to drive to everywhere. There's yeah. nowhere in my, there's nothing in my neighborhood. So like when Smallware's closed, I never understood sure. that. And we've talked about that on the show quite a bit. But, um, but I guess in, in Portland, the neighborhood support and the people like me who drive in are not really keeping you open. It's They're, the neighborhood for sure. I mean, within a week, I saw people coming four or five times because they were just so excited to have something there, you know? Um, but that's not the case in every neighborhood because no. in other neighborhoods, like where Laurelhurst is, you're not the only game, you're not the only restaurant there. There are a lot of choices. So it's fun. It's right down yeah. the road. It's, it's growing for sure. But we also, you know, that's something something that we always pride ourselves at Laurelhurst is that we do want to be a, a neighborhood spot as well. So we're uh, and we do see those people that come in, you know, twice a week, three times a week. That's, sometimes it's a nice neighborhood. Uh, you're the first restaurant on this exactly, side of Laurelhurst, exactly. Before anybody gets there. true. Are you friends with the the folks at Millennium Music? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we so, know them. So do you get over there a lot? You still playing? You still spinning any vinyl in I life? I don't. No, no, I don't get over there often. It's usually get to work and work. Um, but they seem to be continuing to do well, which is great. So yeah. are you? How important is music in your life? I wouldn't say that it is. I never. I rarely yeah. hear that yeah. from chefs. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things where I I don't have. I've never had free time, and I've never understood how people just sit around and listen to music. The times that I listen to music is either in the car or at work and at work it's usually muffled by a giant you know a hood and pots and pans and so i don't really care um and yeah i just i've never had that time and I've understood how people have time to sit around and listen to music i would like to but my drive is 10 minutes and generally i listen to you know opb for 10 minutes or whatever so you're not listening to this I, I haven't been. I need to more. Oh man, we, give me your phone. We got a program. <laughs> right in. My phone. My phone is full. I can't have my phone is. Oh yeah, I've oh, heard, I have too many baby pictures. Court, we've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Ba- babies instead of right at the fork. Right. Oh my you god, have, have to change that up. So you know, it's interesting. When I was talking to Greg Denton at yeah. Ox a couple of years ago, I, I asked him if he was into. You know, we were talking a little bit about music, and then I asked him about sports, yeah. and. Um, he looked at me like I was nuts. Not so much. He he explained. He said, "Just like you, I yeah. have no time. Yeah. I don't get. I don't have. There's no way I could follow anything and any any anything else." Yeah, people do. People make time for sure. It's just music is never. I mean, I love music. I do, but it's just not. I don't go home and listen to records and like just sit around. Like I just don't have. So, do you think all the energy that you're not not spending on music and sports and you know uh, other things, you're not traveling a lot. Yeah. Goes right into your, goes right into the food that that people are going to taste the the passion that you have. Well, when they come in. I don't know if that's true. Any of that's true. I think if I traveled more, I'd probably have more passion. <laughs> well, maybe you'd have but, some, a broader viewpoint too. Exactly. So. No, I just I think as far as the food goes, I've always put everything that I that I can into food. So I think that's how that works. But um, I hope to have more more hobbies and do more stuff at some point. Do you have ideas on what those might be? God, I'll, I'll take anything at this point. No, honestly, 
right now it's just hanging out with a kid. That's all I want to do. All I want to do is hang out with my boy. And and, and as he gets older, you're then, gonna all. Then you will probably be drawn into some sport. I'm pretty excited about sort. that, to be honest. I, I played a lot of sports growing up, and I, I don't have that time in my life now. So now that with him getting older, I'm pretty excited to revisit those sports. You know, my dad was always very active with me and coached my soccer teams and played soccer with me and played basketball and all those things. So I'm pretty pumped to do that with him too. Time to uh, get back into shape a little bit. You're looking pretty good. I'm it's a nice right. shirt. You're I'm a fashionable right. guy. Who sh- who who picks out your clothes? I do. You do. Good yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> well, because in many cases, it's you know once once you get married, it stops oh, being yeah. you. God, that'd be hilarious. No, no, I, I still. Why would that be hilarious? I think I have probably better fashion sense than my wife. Ooh. <laughs> well, let's, let's hope that wow. she's not listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, then, are you helping her dress? I, I, I do. I definitely buy stuff for her. Oh, cool. Yeah, I pick out stuff for my wife. Oh, she, so she loves it. Benny with the fashion sense <laughs> over there. That's awesome. So um, is it, I guess it's it's hard. So you, if you're not keeping up with the music, and mm-hmm. that, it would be hard to keep up with fashion. What oh, makes, God. what makes, does that come from, you know, when I. I certainly don't keep up. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm cheap. I got to be honest. Everybody always is like, man, I really like that shirt. I'm like, yep, Marshall's $12. <laughs> so is your goal to not to maybe get to Nordstrom Rack someday? So you can... <laughs> I used to go to Nordstrom Rack all the time for shoes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. You yeah. can always find stuff in sure. there. Um, I'm a Marshall's guy. You're a Marshall's guy. <laughs> maybe they're listening. You can get a little endorsement. Honestly, the, the reason behind the cheap shirts is that I end up wearing them all to work. Inevitably, they get wrecked. So I look at it as if I can wear it one time, it's justified. I spent twelve bucks on. If I wear it once, maybe <laughs> twice, then it's not that big of a loss. If I spent a hundred bucks on a shirt, I'll be pissed off. You know. Well, save that one for the the wonderful nights. Do you get? By the way, do you get nights away from your kid? Are you getting? Are you doing any date nights? Uh, we have done a few date nights. You know, probably I'd say a handful, four or five so far without him. But they're always short lived. You know, we've got we've got to feed the boy so. We're, we're home quickly. And do you take do you take him out? We do. Yeah. How's dining with a with a nine month old? It's interesting. You know, it's uh, there's times when he's amazing, and there's other times where he just doesn't want to have it. So when that happens, one of us goes for a walk and hang, takes him. And <laughs> I love to see that. Yeah. Because the people who hang in there, I know, trying to trying to change the pattern. Yeah, we actually see a lot of children at Laurelhurst, and so I've seen the full scale. So even before having a kid, I kind of knew what kind of parent I wanted to be when it came to dining. Um, and so, yeah, you know, if, if Reed is, my boy's name is Reed, by the way, mm-hmm. if Reed's having a bad time, then we just take him for, you know, I'll take him for a walk and let, let Autumn eat and, and vice versa. So, uh, yeah. So we had Jose Chess on the show mm-hmm. um, recently, and he was talking about the fact that he, I think he has a very different viewpoint just because he's a Spaniard. He's sure. a, but he, he's, in, he wants people to bring in like, you know, nine months old, two two yeah. months old, because he wants to participate in the um, the palate growth sure. of kids and teaching them that you should just eat something else other than McDonald's and Chuck E. Cheese's and all that stuff. You know, I'm a, I, I'm looking forward to when my kid can eat more. You know, he still has no teeth, so he doesn't get a ton yet. <laughs> <laughs> I trust me. I've been. But that's I've, a I've challenge. Tried. You've done the challenge of the TV shows. You yeah. can you can figure it out for for him. Yeah, no, he does. He, we definitely, you know, he gets good food. But I'm looking forward to when he has teeth and he can eat stuff, and I can force things on him, and my wife will battle me. And but, do you it, think he's just gonna he because of you'll expose him to a lot of great things? I hope that so. he's going to eat well. God, I hope. I think that really makes a difference. I know if you. I mean, I. 
it's tough with children. And what I'm learning right now is patience and repetition. Like, I, I know their first reaction sometimes is to not like something. And so it's easy to say, oh, he doesn't like it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. But so if you continue to reintroduce that. things to, to, to the children, they're going to like it. And they will because that's what they're going to get. So, um, you know, I, I had that with him this morning where he just did not want to eat his sweet potato and beet puree. And he just <laughs> wouldn't eat it. But then I just kept offering it to him, kept offering, and he finally was down. And then he was shoving it in his face and crushing it. So. And you made this sweet potato and beet puree? Oh, God, no. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I expected you to say yes. Trust me, I had all the intentions of making all the purees for him and all that jazz, but it's, it's much easier just to buy a little, a little organic pouch for him. <laughs> okay. Well, at least it's organic. So would you, um, looking back and looking forward, would you, if Reed wanted to get into your business 20 years from now, or even eight, 18 years from now, I guess, yeah. I don't know, um, what would you say? Uh, God, I can't even imagine what this business will be like in 18 years. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, that's a good path. You to know, go it, who knows what it's going to be? But of course, no. It's a, to me, it was my outlet. You know, I never was. I never did great in school, and I never really had. Uh, I, I I don't know what I would do right now without cooking. So if that's if that's his thing, then absolutely, I'd love to see him in it. But right now, his thing is smashing whatever he's holding on the floor. <laughs> um, there are a lot of 25 year olds. That that's, that's, that's what their thing that's is. True. Still. That's true. So <laughs> hopefully, he'll grow out of that someday. Yeah. So, um, do you have any, do you have any vision for, you talked about, you don't know what it's going to be like in 20 years, but three, four years from now, you, it's, you're, you're liking Laurelhurst. Oh, I love Laurelhurst. You're not, you're not ready to be thinking about no. your own thing. No, no, this is my own thing, you know? I'm, right. I'm but a, I'm just saying your own thing with that. Cause you just talked about their support. Yeah. The folks you work with, David and Ben. No, they're, and, they're great partners, you know? And I, I, I don't, I think, uh. You know, I always wanted to have a restaurant. I always wanted to, you know, be an owner at a restaurant. I never wanted the risk attached. You know, I've seen so many places with amazing concept and great people fail. And uh, I, I don't want to do that. But I, I feel like with support from these three guys, that's not going to happen, you know. And so what do they? What do you and what do they all know to, to keep everything successful? I mean, they, uh, we were talking about Laurelhurst Market. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reverence Barbecue, yep. what, 808? 808, Simpatica. Simpatica. And then Biggs. With, yeah. And Biggs, yep. right. And uh, they're all successful spots. Right. You know, I don't remember. All... Simpatica just changed the its focus. Yep. Um, so I don't remember anything just closing. No. Nope. We're, we're in a market now where we're starting to see that. You see it a lot. And uh, that's something I don't ever want to do. You know, we, we closed Biggs due to a fire, and it, it was horrible. I don't ever want to lose a spot. So, you know. My, my goals are different at this point. You know, obviously, it's, it's, it's all about the kid now and making sure I can take care of my family and provide for those guys, and I want to make safe and smart decisions. So I feel like... You're not still doing the uh, rafting trips with, yeah. with Erica, are oh, you? Yeah. Oh, you are uh, still doing. So I didn't do one with Erica this summer. I did it with the rafting company that Erica's worked with, okay. uh, Winding Waters out of Joseph, Oregon. They're awesome. Um and Eric and I will do them again together because honestly, it's it's one of my favorite parts of the year is being. I've only done the Snake River, but I've done four trips now on the Snake River, and uh, I, I just I love it. So here's my impression of that whole area because mm-hmm. I lived here for I don't know at the time four or five years, and I thought I've I love Portland, I love the surrounding area down around Bend. You learn the coast, Crater Lake, and then you go out 
to Willow County, and then you think, holy shit, this existed, and no one told me about it. Yeah. And I and I have since encouraged a lot of people to go out to Joseph and Enterprise, It's and they thank me. It's after. amazing. It and, is. I don't know anybody that's ever been there that doesn't fall in love. You know, the first time I took my wife out there, um, must have been 2013, 12 or something, we did a dinner at Carmen Ranch, and we ended up staying in the county for six days, and she cried. My wife literally cried leaving because she just was so in love with the, the beauty and, and the mountains and everything out there. So um, it's a, it already has a special place in our heart, and we will be out there a couple times a year. You ever been out in the winter? Always. I've never been out there in the No, winter. and that's awesome because we're going out this winter. Oh, uh, you are? Yeah, so uh, Paul, Paul, who owns the rafting company, um, also he, he and a group of people keep uh, a local um, ski hill. I guess it's a hill. Uh, a little resort, a little, uh, you know, single T-bar mountain. Uh, they keep that up and running. So we're going to go out and ski with him and his kids, and I can bring my boy and throw him in a backpack. And Oh, you've got ski. Hey, you know, for years no one ever did that. Now with all the backpacks, all the stuff yeah. that you where you can take a kid and how you can take Well, it. so I think it would be tough, though, because I couldn't go to Mount Hood and bring the kid and put him in a backpack. I don't because he's too little. But to go to a smaller little spot, I can throw him in a pack and go ski. So do you think, uh, is Portland in your blood completely? Can you ever see yourself if an opportunity came up any, elsewhere? Moving? Uh, I don't think I would ever leave Oregon. Even Willow? Okay, so yeah. Willow County. Willow County, no, it's too far. Yeah. I couldn't live out there. It's tough. You know, I, like speaking of Erica, she moved out there this for a little while this past winter, and it's tough, the stories you hear, you know? Like, with the big storms, they got shut down. They had nothing yeah. made it out there for three or four weeks. And, right, and Lynn Curry had her place out yeah. there, too. That didn't... And, I never got there. The Lostine Tavern? Yeah, Lostine Tavern. Yeah. Yep. Um, but how often do you get out to the coast? Uh, not not often enough, apparently, because my boy's nine months, and that was his first trip out, So, uh, which is tough. We used to try to make it out more, but it's just, it's been a busy, you know, Oh, busy, you got to get him year. on the beach. He loved it. We gotta, we gotta what, this, what beach did you go to? Uh, we went to uh, Agate Beach. Did you find some agates? And then we also went to uh, uh, Yik, uh, Yikino Bay, so... Uh, we didn't find any agates, actually. I don't mm. think about it. But it was pretty awesome. He just jammed around in the sand and crawled around, and my dog goes nuts. and So I had a good time. What kind of dog do you have? I got a little mutt. Oh. I'm surprised you haven't seen Marmot. He, my wife puts him all over the internet. <laughs> oh, I've probably seen him, but I probably just, just... You can check out his Instagram at Marmot the Mutt. Marmot the Mutt. Yeah. I once set up a, a Facebook page for my dog, for Oakley, and they took it down. Oh really? So, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Why. Instagram. There's tons of those things now. My my so wife. You go to the Instagram one. Yeah. That's not like I have shut him down. He's all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> my wife, by the way, is a huge fan of uh, your pictures. Oh. Loves, loves, loves. I oh. told her what I was doing today, and she's like, "Oh my god, I love his photographs." <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I I love doing them because I love hearing that. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people would like to be out at the coast more than they are. And if I can just bring a little bit of that joy into someone's sure. day, it, mean, it means now, something Now, what are you shooting me. with? Is that your camera? I'm shooting with this Or is that just your phone? It is. Samsung Galaxy Edge 7. And then you use a lot of filters and stuff? I do. Uh, what some. I do is, uh, first of all, I got some really cool lenses that my son bought me oh, nice. for this thing. And, um, and then I use Snapseed. I got a couple cool. of little things on there to bring out the color a little sure. bit, and it really just makes it look like it was supposed to look. Yeah, your photos look look very professional. Oh, thank you. <laughs> There's actually, I'm no, I've never had the opportunity to do this on the show, yeah. so 
They're actually for sale at uh, in Manzanita at the Salt and Paper gift uh-huh. shop where they have a whole I have a whole rack, and there's a little sign there that says uh, local artist Chris Angeles, which I wish my mother had seen. That's very cool. She, my wife now I have to I know what I'm buying her next. Oh, she, I got like I said, She loves your stuff, man. Oh, cool. So we'll have to get we'll have to get one for the house. All right. Well, there there there's a site, but I, even the greeting cards. Just send her. I'll send her one of those. No, as we, a, we need, a, we need a, a big one. I can't do it now because she's <laughs> listening to this. It's not going to be a surprise. <laughs> so um, how? So you t- last time you were on the show, we didn't. You didn't remember whether you had uh, met. Autumn or not. Oh, I definitely met her, and we were—I just—I I couldn't remember if we had gotten married yet. I think we had just gotten married. So, what was the? Uh, how'd you guys meet? Uh, Beaker and Flask. Oh, yeah, that's simple. Yeah, yeah. Autumn, uh, she was a server. She worked at uh, a bar in, in Seattle called Zigzag, which is super famous, kind of world famous cocktail bar. And then uh, moved to Portland and and got a job at Beaker and Flask and. Oh, so you've been dating for a long. You had been dating for a long time. Yep. Yeah. The first first day she came on board, I, yeah, it happened. That was it. Yeah. And how did that happen? Let's just hear the moment. Uh, we, I actually asked her if she wanted to grab a drink afterwards at Rum Club, which had just opened. I said, hey, you know, we have a sister sister bar next door. You want to go have a drink? And and uh, Autumn and I ended up having uh, <clears throat> a couple, two, three, like five Fernet shots. And uh, she's a very small woman. She's five, yeah. five zero and about 100 pounds dripping wet. And she looked at me after the fourth one. And she's like, all right, I can have one more and then I got to go home. And uh, we had that fifth Fernet and she went home. And uh, that was kind of, that, that was the beginning of the end for us. So do you think if you'd only had four, it might not have happened? It might not have. I don't know. Oh, man, it's the fifth. Leaves- that, that's, <laughs> that's the name of a book, the yeah. fifth Fernet. Yeah, the fifth Fernet. Um, I actually told that told that story at my wedding because that was, that was the night where we it was funny we literally met that day and we said well this is this is really weird to say this on the first day but we're either gonna be together forever or we're gonna be best friends and we ended up getting married so and ho- hopefully both absolutely both right. but I'm rather have this than just be the best friend thing so yeah well that's yeah. that's my thing yeah. but that's for another day <laughs> <laughs> so uh, does she miss the business she does. Yeah, because she also so uh, after uh, after Beacon Flash, she worked at Holly Pele, which is a cool tiki bar over on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've been over there, but oh yeah, uh, she was the she was at Holly Pele for three and a half years before having our kid. Um, so she she loved doing that. She loves she just she's just great with people and and uh, is is great at uh, kind of hosting everybody. So uh, she definitely miss, misses it, but. For now, is just, she gonna dabble, or does she want to get back? Or yeah, she does, and uh, she will. But right now, she's just hanging with the kid and being an amazing mom. Cool. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, my pleasure. It's really good to have you back. Always good to see you. Good to see you. We're gonna have Patrick at some point in the near future as well, because last time you guys were together. That's true. Um, <laughs> have you been to South Fork? Uh, I have not. Oh come on. Nah. Uh, well, you got to get over there. <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing a PFA there in, in October. Oh, maybe cool. we can get you over there. Yeah, I don't it's think very so. hard getting chefs to come to events. That's true. It's, uh, we we pick those so so carefully. By the way, I have to yeah. tell you, and and it it came it 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 happened, and then I carried I followed through on it. Mm-hmm. I've been doing events for a long time. You are, you know. Part of it that make them special is the relationship and the intimacy that we have with our chefs, and no one has been better than you in well, terms thanks. of the interaction with the guests and making them feel comfortable. And do you get out in Laurelhurst a lot? 
Do you get a, do you get to do the rounds? I do. Yeah, you know, I work on outside expedite, so I'm kind of in the dining room all night. Uh, so I definitely scoot around and, and chat with people. And um, well, yeah. there's a good reason for people to go to Laurelhurst aside yeah, come, from the food. Come hang out. Come hang out. <laughs> cool. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Thank you.